Amen. You can be seated. We're excited to uh, share with you this last part um, of our series, uh, Battle Ready. And so we're finishing that. And I'm also using that to lay some foundation for um, our next series, which is entitled Direction. Um, I think it's so important that we have uh, God's direction for our life more than anything else. And really, um, the catalyst for um, the next series, as I said, I was reading in the book of Revelation, and you see over and over again, God is speaking to the churches, but one thing that he says over and over um, as he speaks to each church is that he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. How many of you know God is talking to his church? And it's important that if God is talking to his church that we have ears to hear and to understand what he's saying. And if, if he's talking to his church, that also means he, he desires to speak to you. How many of you know that's not weird? It's not strange that God desires to speak to you. He speaks prim primarily uh, through his word, but he desires to speak to us so that we have direction and instruction for our life. How many of you know there's, there's, there's times and things that maybe we wouldn't have got into if we had just listened to God? You know, and, and that's okay. We don't live in regret, but sometimes God is nudging us and he's warning us and he's, he's trying to help us. And sometimes we just determine, like so many people in the Bible, to say, I'll do it my way. Um, I, I, and you ought not to think that, you know, you're, you're in this thing by yourself if you've been there because you had Adam who said, I'll do it my way. Abraham said, I'll do it my way. Moses said, I'll do it my way. All through the Bible, we had people that God used that at some point in their life said, I'm going to do it my way, but they had to come to a place of surrender where they began to do things uh, God's way. And so I want to talk to you today um, as we finish this uh, Battle Ready series about the better way. And the reason that I'm approaching this particular uh, message this way is because in doing, uh, we, we talked about the fact that our, our, our faith walk is a battle. Um, Jesus tells us, or the Bible tells us, to fight the good fight of faith. So that tells us that faith is a battle. That means that it's a battle because the enemy does not want you to believe God. You have to understand that um, every time you wake up in the morning, every time you lay yourself down to sleep, you have to understand that you have an enemy out there trying to take you out. How many of you understand that? And that means the primary he takes you out is through deception. If I can deceive you into believing that God didn't say what he said, that God didn't mean what he mean, meant, then I can get you to be disobedient and I can get you off course. But there is, say, a better way. There's a better way. And, and, and so the will of God and things like that ought not to be uh, mystical sometimes. I believe that God wants us to understand what his will is for our life. And before we get into it, um, Jesus, um, he said something interesting in, in, in his first long we would call it long message. It wasn't very long. The Sermon on the Mount was probably shorter than most of the time that preachers today preach. But um, he said, blessed are the pure in heart where they shall see God. And I thought about that and I was like, wow, God actually wants our heart to be in a place where it's clear, where it's pure so we can actually see what he is doing. Come on. In our lives. It's, sometimes it's hard to perceive when our heart is messed up. How many know you can't see things the right way? Um, and I've used this illustration before, and I can tell now because of the lights that I have smudges on my glasses. And typically what happens is somebody who's looking at me will come and tell me, hey, uh, you need to clean your glasses. Because if you look with lenses 
um, through smudges long enough, you can figure out how to look through that, that perception. And you think everything is okay until somebody looks at you and says, no, you need to adjust this. You need to clean this. It's the same thing with our heart. Sometimes because our heart is in a certain predicament or a certain position, we don't always see accurately what God is saying and what God is doing. How many of you know every, every time there is um, a friction that people don't mean you wrong? But sometimes the things that we've gone through have messed up our heart to lead us to believe that everything is an attack against us. Can we be real in this church today? How many of you know sometimes people just feel the way they feel? <laughs> you know, it has nothing to do with an attack on you. They just feel the way they feel. You just, you, do you know that you can be a Christian and still disagree? You can love God and still disagree on something. You know, because we're different people, we view things differently, we have different experiences, and so we'll see things differently. But ultimately, we have to ask God to give us a pure heart so we can see and hear what he's doing. The, the, the days of coming into God's house and not hearing him are over. <laughs> you know, people um, cannot be content to just come in and do what they do. You, we've gotten so used to God that we know exactly what he's going to do, when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it. And if he don't move on our schedule, then we, we don't have time for him. But God is God and he's going to do what he wants. God can rearrange anything. If he says, stop this sermon right now, I want y'all to worship. I, I, we have to stop because that's what he wants to do. And I can sit here like most people and say, you know, God, you understand, we do three songs. We do announcements. We, we, we do it this way. And God says, no, I want to worship now. We have to be flexible enough to surrender and submit to what the plan of God is for our life. How many of you, I'll I just tell you how, how crazy this is. In this, how many of you, you, you woke up early in the morning kind of still groggy, but God was dealing with you, man, you need to get in the word and read or you need to pray or do something at a time that was inconvenient for you. And how many of you know, even though you felt that nudge, sometimes it's a little difficult because you finally hit that comfortable spot. You finally hit that, you, you know, that comfortable spot where you just write on the pillow and you don't want to, you, you know, get, but God is saying, well, I want to speak to you. I want to deal with you. This I want you to pray for somebody. And you're like, God, can I just pray with my eyes closed? You know y'all do that. No. Well, I'm just going to sit there and pray like this. I don't need to get up. God can hear me just the same. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> and before you know it, you <laughs> But sometimes when you feel that nudge of God to pray, there's something he wants to do. When you feel that nudge of God to read, there's something he wants to do. He never, I've said this a hundred times in here, he never speaks to his body to keep them where they are. He never speaks to you to keep you where you are. He's always looking at your best in the future, and that's why he's nudging you now. You hear him say, uh, I need you to pray more. I need you to maybe do some fasting. I need you to, to surrender. I need you to forgive. Why? Because I'm concerned about your future, not your now. We get so caught up right here, and God is saying, I'm looking to what is ahead. I know what's going on on Wednesday, so I need you to pray now. This is what most people don't understand about the church is that it was always designed to be a supernatural organization. But we've taken the spirit, we've taken God out of all of it and said, it's got to just be my way or no way. And God, you got to move my way, speak my way, speak the way I understand it. But God, how many of you know God is not always coming the way you want him? He's not always coming packaged the way you think he should. And the reality is, is God knows that in some seasons, I, I can't give you what you want, but I can sure give you what you need. And sometimes you just need 
that extra boost to keep on going in a season. Sometimes you need him to breathe life into you in a season. Sometimes you need him to speak and give instructions in a certain season. But our ability to have pure hearts and surrendered hearts determines how much we can hear him. Because if we can't hear him, we'll hear the world. And how many of you know when he's speaking life, sometimes the world is speaking death? When he's speaking faith, the world is speaking fear. When he's speaking faith, the world is speaking doubt. When he's saying your kids are going to make it, the enemy's telling you and the world's telling you they're not going to make it. They're going to be another statistic. So you've got to know which voice to listen to in the season that you're in. And there come seasons where you just can't hear every voice and you can't answer every phone call and you can't answer every text and every meal. Why? Because they're interrupting what God is trying to do in your life. And sometimes you got to say, no, I just, it's not that I have a problem with you, but I, I need to hear from God right now. And I can't hear you and God at the same time. And don't, take, don't get it twisted. Don't take it personal. I'm just, I need direction from God. I need instruction from God. And so the beautiful thing about all that, just to set that up, is the fact that he actually wants us to know what he thinks. And I was sharing with uh, the team in Huddle this morning that we have to first understand, and I'm getting to our text, but we have to understand that God does not think like we do. If we don't, if we don't grasp that, we will constantly, we, we won't surrender to God, we'll just tell God what to do. And there's a difference. And how many of our prayers are like that? God do this, God do that, God do that. And, and when do we ever stop as a body and say, wait a minute, God, you know better than me. You understand better than me. You see all things. You know all things. God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do today? God, what do you want us to sing today? What's the sound of heaven today? Because the reality is, is we know what God said, but sometimes we don't know what God is saying. Did y'all catch that? Sometimes you know what God said, and you're so stuck on what he said five years ago, you can't hear what he's saying today. And he's still speaking. He's still speaking today. He still has something to say to you today. The question is, do we have the ears to hear and the desire to follow his instruction? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17 says this, Therefore, be careful how you do what? Anybody here? Walk. Okay, there we go. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. And then it says something interesting. So then don't be foolish, but what? Understand what the will of the Lord is. So right now, you, you don't need to know, or you don't need to, to ever say to yourself, God doesn't want, doesn't want me to know what his will is. Here we see plainly that God wants us to watch how we're living, watch how we're walking, he wants us to live wisely and not unwisely. And then he says it's foolish. Watch this, because it, we don't talk like this in church. He said it's foolish for you to live without a knowledge of what God's will is. If we don't have, now there's a, that's not to say we understand everything perfectly all the time, but we should always have a general sense of direction of where God is taking us individually. Come on. As a family, we got to know, because here's what happens. If we know what God's will is, we, it puts restraints on our life. And, and when we have restraints on our life, we don't allow things in that don't line up with his will and his plan for our life. Come on. Because everything, just because something desires, I've said it, desires your attention doesn't mean it deserves your attention. Just because something wants to be invited into your life doesn't mean it belongs in your life. And so knowing what the will and the desire of God is for your life will help put those restraints on your life. Wait a minute, that, that, that's pulling me away from God's will. 
So you don't, want, you don't want things or people in your life that are pushing you away from God. Come on. The most important thing you, you need is God. Because even if man tells you, I, I'll always be for you, I always got your back, you can count on me. Let me tell you something. Man is man. And even if he promises something, sometimes he don't come through. But God never fails. And the Bible says this. It says that, that all the promises in Christ are yea and amen. So if God says it, you can take it to the bank. It's good. He says in Numbers, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. His word is good, but we've got to understand who we're depending on because if I depend on you. See, there's a difference. I can love you. We can have a good, a good relationship. We can rely on each other to a degree, but you can never replace God in my life. I should never depend on you for something that only God can do. And so church and fellowship, at the end of the day, we say, well, what is the purpose of church? Why do, we do, why do we do what we do? At the end of the day, it should draw you closer to God. At the end of the day, it should give you more of a hunger and a thirst for Christ more than anything else. If it looks like it looks in this book, you should have more of a hunger to get into the word, to, to know God more for yourself. If all you get is a message every week, you're not getting enough. You'll starve. So the preaching and the teaching and the worship of God, all it should do, it should inform you, it should teach you, but it should whet your appetite to get in there for yourself so he can speak to you. Because at, at my best, hearing from God, I can only take you so far. But you got to go home and say, you know what, I, I understand that, but I need to investigate that myself. Because I, sometimes when I listen and I eat and I'm, I'm listening to a message or whatever, I'm like, I hear that, but I want to know how he came to that line of reason. How, how is it that God spoke to him to help him understand this word like this? I need to get in there for myself so I can understand it myself. You see, when Jesus died for your sins and mine, he took away the need for, for, for a middleman. Come on, you know what I mean? So you can go to the throne room for yourself if you want to. And there's something beautiful about that. That means that if you go, you don't have to wait till Sunday to hear from God. You hear from him on Sunday, your fellowship, you'll be strengthened. But Lord knows life happens on Monday. And sometimes on Monday, I have a crisis or a calamity and I need to get some direction from God on where to go. Or sometimes I just, I have an opportunity. I need God to tell me yes, no, maybe, stop, wait. And the thing is, in discerning the will of God, it's, it's funny because when we desire things from him, we hear yes very clearly. We sometimes hear maybe and wait. <laughs> and we seldom hear no. <laughs> you, know, you know how it goes because some of us are like that. If somebody, if somebody asks you to do something and you want to do it, yes, God is in it. Somebody asks you to do something, God wants you to do something, you don't feel up to it. Oh, I got to pray and see what the Lord says. <laughs> I need to go on a 92-day fast because they want me to do something, and I just don't know if it's the plan of God. It's funny. You don't, you don't need to pray like that when they invite you out to eat. We're laughing. The Bible says laughter does good like medicine. I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. If it applies to you, it just... Yeah, I've been like that. You know, somebody comes in. We need to let's try this. Well, let me go see what God is saying. <laughs> Anybody ever do that? Be honest. You that was your that's that's what they call a spiritual way to say. No, nah, I really don't want to do that. Hey, can you help me move? Oh, let me pray and see. <laughs> if 
Father, in Jesus' name. <laughs> but in all seriousness, says, so we're not to be foolish, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. So it's so important that we, we this is a spiritual thing. It's a supernatural thing. But we have to get the practical side of it is that he actually, I have to actually believe he actually wants me to know what his plan is for my life. Now, he may not reveal every step at once, but he is going to reveal the next step. And it's up to us to be surrendered to doing what he wants us to do when he wants us to do it. How many of you know you, you, you'll avoid some danger sometimes just by doing the will of God? And sometimes if you like Daniel and you do the will of God, you end up in the lion's den, but the lion won't touch you. You know, sometimes if you're like the Hebrew boys and Daniel, you submitted and surrendered to doing the will of God. Sometimes the king will throw you in the fire, but the fire won't hurt you. Isn't this something when you get thrown in the fire and the fire kills the people that threw you in there, but it doesn't kill you? See, see, we, when we understand who we are in God and, and how big God is, I, I, it's amazing to me. I hear people get on, 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 on social media and different things, and they're always talking about what well, God is going to deal with your haters, and he's going to do this with your haters. Man, how small is your God that he's always worried about your haters? God don't care anything about the haters, that they get saved and repent and, and, and come to him, but God is so big, he, he, he doesn't even, it's not even an equation with that. He loves you so much, the plan of God is so good for your life, he can it doesn't matter what they're doing to you on your job or in your school and in your home sometimes. Because, you know, sometimes people get crazy in your home. You just, you just turn it over to the Lord and he'll take care of you. The lion won't kill you and the fire won't burn you. Can we say amen? That's, but there's a confidence that comes when I'm walking in the desire and the plan of God for my life. It doesn't mean that death tests won't come. Jesus said this. He said, um, he said that, that there's people who built their house upon the rock and the rain and the storms and all that stuff came, but it was able to stand. And he said the people who built their house on sand and the rain and the storm came and it, 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 it crumbled. What's the difference? The storm comes in everybody's life. You ever had a storm? Or are you storm free? You never had one. See, everybody, everybody has storms in our life, so the issue is not whether the rain is coming down, but how my life is built. If my life is built on a firm foundation, the rain, the storm have to end. Come on. Just had a, this, this hurricane, man, it, it messed people up. Messed people up in their mind. Some, some people were studying, they were tracking the storm more than they were tracking the word. You know, and I'm not saying it's judgmental, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it, and we saw the damage it did in the Bahamas, and we're praying for that and want to be a part of helping in that. But my point is, storms always come to pass. How are you built when the storm comes? Is your faith in, in man and trusting in man? Because that, that, that's not a firm foundation. But if I know, you know what, God, I don't have all the answers, but my desire is to walk in your will and your plan and your purpose for my life, then it doesn't matter what comes, I'm going to make it and I'm going to come out of this. Say, say that, I'm going to come out of this. Because there's some people who came to church today in this, whatever your this is, but you're going to come out of it if you trust in God. So here's the scripture. It says, the scripture says this. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Give your bodies to who? Because of all he's done for you. Let them be a holy, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. Now let's go to the next part. It's important. Don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world 
but let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? Okay, stop. This is important because we think somehow God is going to come down and it's going to be fire and rain and wind and all of a sudden we're going to be different and all of our problems are going to be okay and, and I'm going to have joy flooding my soul and my heart. How many of you know that's not reality sometimes? I can love God and still be struggling emotionally. It is time for the church to be real about some of these things. But here's what he says. He says a big key in changing you is I've got to change the way you think. If you are going to change, your mind has to change. That means that what comes your way has to be processed differently. Say processed differently. It, it has to be processed differently because what happens is, is, take this, you go into a doctor's office or you go into something like that and he tells you something and you accept what he says as gospel. Facts as gospel. How many of your facts and truth aren't always the same thing? That means it's got to be sometimes processed differently. I know what you said, but I know what he said. And sometimes we, do, we don't have answers for everything. We don't have answers to why everything doesn't work out the way we think it should. We don't have answers for why some things turn out this way and some things turn out that way. But we do have control over how we think. Perception is what? Reality, as I said. What I perceive you to be is what I receive you to be. You understand that? You understand that that's a truth? How you perceive something in somebody is exactly how you're going to receive it. So that means you can't ask them to change all the time. Sometimes you've got to ask God to change how you perceive things. Because then you realize, watch this, every, everybody is not out to get me. And you also realize everything is not the devil. There's a lot that's him. It is. There's something. You, you, you ever seen... You, you be in your home and everything's going okay and for some reason just like an argument just arise out of nowhere. Like out of nowhere, like a friend or, or a home or family member, whatever. Like just, like we were just fine laughing. All of a sudden, you say, uh, uh, us men, you say one thing that you didn't even think was that big a deal and all of a sudden you got a problem for two hours, three hours. Enemy drops little seeds. He loves division in every aspect. Somebody say unity. So, we gotta change the way we think. But this is why, this is really why we gotta change the way we think. All of that was just side note. Because then you will learn to know what? God's will for you. To know God's will, you gotta think God's thoughts. Which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay, so his will for our life is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect, but we can't understand that thinking old thoughts. Because if we think with an old thought, we think with old mindsets, we'll think our way is better all the time. And God is saying, look, I've laid out in this word, I've laid out everything. I've laid out things for you to obey. I've laid out things for you to surrender to. I've laid out who you should hang around and who you shouldn't hang around. I've laid out how you should make decisions. But if you want to do it your way, you're going to get your result. But if you do it God's way, watch this, you'll get God's results. And sometimes it's harder because doing it God's way will leave you open to criticism. What I found is that when people, a lot of times when people don't understand something, then the first thing, rather than, rather than to try and understand it, the first thing is to, to criticize. And the reality is, is that God may deal with you a different way than he deals with me. He may deal with me, I open the word and I stand and he's speaking to me through the word. To you, you might go in through worship or prayer or, or whatever, 
I can't say to you, God doesn't do that because he doesn't do it my way. God knows he, he designed you. So he knows how to get to you. And so sometimes we have to embrace who he made us to be and stop fighting it. At, at some point, I think it was uh, 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 David, you know, David's getting ready to go out and fight and Saul's trying to put all this stuff on him. And finally, David got tired and said, look, man, I, I can't go out in this because what you're trying, watch this, what you're trying to put on me does not fit. You, you, you're trying to put your armor on me and you want me to go fight God's battle like you would. And so when, that's why people, you know what they say, you, you need to go and you need to go, go right in their face and do this. And God says, no, you don't go in their face, go to your knees. You talk to me, I'll talk to them. And, and so we've got to be able to have the courage to say, this I know, Saul, you're trying to put this on me, but if I'm going to walk in the will of God, this, is, this doesn't fit. I can't wear this. I know you tried to say this is what you believe God called is for my life, but it doesn't fit. I can't wear it. I got to take this off, and I'm going to go with this sling and this stone, and we're going to just, in the name of Jesus, it doesn't make any sense, but he's nine feet tall. I got five smooth stones and a sling. Come on. God made you a certain way, and sometimes when you tell people, I'm just going encouraged with what God has called me to do, sometimes people go, well, good luck. We'll see how that turns out. <laughs> all these guys I didn't mean to make this detour with David but all these guys man with swords and, and shields and different things but they all hide but David could hear God he spent his whole life with sheep worshiping God dirty stinky sheep worshiping God dirty stinky sheep worshiping God Dirty, stinky sheep worshiping God. And he was one of those. Y'all missed that completely. He was right in there. Taking care of them, cleaning them. He smelt just like them. Are y'all getting this yet? Is this real enough? But in the midst of all of this, he's still worshiping God. And even though his family tried to hide him, God knew where he was. See, you, you, some people think, you know, I've got to put myself out there. I've got to get discovered. They've got to know this me. All you got to do is worship God. And if, 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 if the enemy's trying to hide you, God will say to the, to, to the man, no, no, this, this can't be it. I know you put all these people in front of me, but there's somebody else somewhere. Yeah, there's a little boy, he's, but he's out there with those old dirty sheep, and he smells just like it. Get him. We're not doing anything else till he comes. And he shows up, and God says, that's the one. David doesn't get hot. Is this helping somebody? David doesn't get, I'm sorry, I, I got notes, but I got to say what God says. He, he, David doesn't get high-minded. He gets, you know, you're going to be the next king and all this stuff, and he goes right back to those sheep and continues to worship with the sheep. Don't let your promotion stop you from worshiping. Don't, don't let your position, if your position keeps you from your purpose, you need to drop your position. Your purpose is to worship God. Your purpose is not to hold a position. So, and, and David realized that. So he said, yeah, I'll be king, but I'm going to go still sing and pray with these dirty sheep until God says, what's next? And see, our problem is we get a prophecy and don't understand the purpose of the prophecy. We get high-minded and never see it fulfilled. But God says, if I can trust you to humble yourself, pray, worship, serve, forgive, do all these things that, that, 
you know, you're supposed to do because you love me, your position won't change your attitude. Is this helping anybody? So I know, I feel today, so many people with, with different prayer requests and different things you have before God. Let me tell you, if you're committed to walking in the will of God, he's committing to revealing it. And let me tell you something else. No matter what man tried to suppress you or hide you, God knows where to find you. Um, I, I, the scripture, oh God, this scripture in my mind where he talks about that we shouldn't despise the day of small things. Let me tell you something. You can't judge everything and, and, and the, the, the scope of something's power by its size all the time. You got to judge it by its worship life and its prayer life because they looked at David and said, he, there's no way there's a giant thing in front of him. None of us, our whole army can't do anything with it. But if God finds somebody who will pray and worship, he can slay a giant. That means whatever you're facing is not too big for him. Whatever you're dealing with is not too big for him. Let me, let me finish this just so y'all have the scriptures. Um, God is doing what he wants to do today. God's will is for you is to be holy. Lord, please reveal your will to me. Lord, please show me your will. Please tell me what your will is. God, I need to know what your will is. For God's will for you is to be holy. But God, I, I, what about God's will for you is to be holy. I'm trying to build some foundation here because if we understand this, when he speaks specifically, we'll understand what he's saying. But so he's laying groundwork for us. He's saying, look, if you understand these things, when I'm coming and I'm leading you by spirit and I'm trying to help you, you won't have all this fight going on with all this stuff on the inside because you're committed to holiness. I know that's become an ugly word in church, holiness. Trying. It's not, holiness isn't perfect. It means that I'm, de I'm determined to, as a believer to live my life separate from the world. And the scary part is we got all this word but church doesn't look anything like it. We got all this scripture, all this, all this singing, all this preaching, all this teaching, and all it does is make us look more like the world. If somebody wanted the world, they'd stay there. Even, you know, and that's not meaning that nobody knows it's perfect. We, we have, we make mistakes and different things like that. But how many of you know, as a believer, I should be different. And God tells us how. He says, God's will for you is to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will what? Control his own what? Body. How? And, and live in holiness and honor. Say this with me. I can't change what I've done, but I can change what I do. People hear this and, and they get all into condemnation and different things. Listen, what you did is what you did. Everybody, everybody didn't come out of the womb saved. Y'all understand what I mean? I know some, some of y'all came out of the womb and immediately gave your life to Jesus before you had teeth in your mouth or whatever. But some people didn't have that journey for whatever reason. And sometimes we get here and we take a microphone, we beat people over the head, and there's stuff they just didn't understand. They just didn't know. But, but the saying is, when I know better, what? So now I know See, now I know better because God tells me his will for my life is to be holy. He tells me what to stay away from. And he says, look, control your body and live in holiness and honor. It's a prerequisite to understanding his will. So when I say, even if you messed up last night, some of you messed up this morning. 
you like, man, people will come to church and they make, yeah. I know, it, I know y'all are surprised, but it actually happens. But what God cares about is right now. Repent means to turn around. And sometimes we confuse crying and repentance. And not the same thing. Some people can cry all day long and never repent. Some people don't shed a tear, but they say, God, you know what? I've heard your word. I'm finished with that, and I want your will for my life. And that's all it takes. God, God is sitting there. Sometimes I believe God is looking, and he's like, why are they doing all that? Sometimes he'll move on you. He'll move on your heart, and it's just your repentance shows up in tears. It shows up in kneeling. It shows up in worship. It shows up in waving your hands, and that's good. But he never called you to try to work something up. The Bible says, and the goodness of God leads man to repentance. It says, to the Gentiles, he also granted repentance. So he just gives it to you. He says, here it is. Here's your word. What are you going to do with it? Some of you right now, you're thinking of different things in your mind, and you'll go all, you know how we do, we, 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 us real spiritual people, we get on our knees and say, Lord, please forgive me for such and such five years ago, 10 years ago, 16, and we go on for hours and hours about stuff that God forgotten that we confessed already. And God is saying, look, just lay it at the cross, turn around, and follow me. God don't, he doesn't need all that. Sometimes we need it, if we're honest, but he doesn't need all of that. All right, here we go. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on what? Your own understanding will mess you up. How many of you have been there where your own understanding mess you up? You, you had it down, figured out to a science, and you were dead wrong. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean, so don't rely on your own understanding. And see, some of us, just like, just like I didn't think about whether this thing could hold me up, whether it was stable enough, some of us tra- treat our own understanding like I did this. We just lean on it without even knowing whether it's got any type of substance, any type of real truth to it, and we just depend on it because we've always, we always have. But he says, here's the answer. In all your ways, do what? Everything I do, I got to acknowledge God. Oh, that's spooky. No, you just get up and say, Lord, good morning. What do you want to do today? Thank you for giving me another day. Order my steps today. Keep me, the old mothers of the church used to say, keep me from danger seen and unseen. (laughs) But that's a reality of our prayer life. Lord, keep me from the stuff I know about. Keep me from the stuff I can't see. Lead me into favor. Lead me into blessing. Lord, you take hold of the day. You take control of the day. Guard my mouth. Speak through me. Cause me to hear what I need to hear and reject what I need to reject. Don't let me say something stupid, God. (laughs) Y'all ever pray like that? And the promise is that he will do what? He will make your path straight. So if I... Do y'all have faith for this today? That if we acknowledge him with everything, he'll say, go this way. All of that scripture, that's what it means right there. If I I forsake my own understanding and say, Lord, I'm going to rely on you, trust in you, and when you speak, I'm going to move. And so the Lord says, okay, I see now. I see you can acknowledge me. Go this way. He can make it just that plain. He may not tell you what's at the end of that way, but he'll tell you, go this way. (laughs) How many of you, it's, it's comforting to know the end. You know, but the reality is he's just saying, I need you to go to the right and just keep walking. 
Because if you keep walking, you don't know this, but I know that such and such is going to be seven steps down on Tuesday. <laughs> and, that's, and that's when you're going to get there, and that's where I need you to be. But if I tell you, you'll mess it up and you'll go Monday. So that's why he doesn't tell us everything, but he promises to make our path straight. And this I shared, and I'll say it again, of Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like yours. And God is real nice, isn't he? God is sweet. He loves us. But he said, look, let me, let me tell you something. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. See, we like to think sometimes in our flesh we're getting close. He's saying, my thoughts are nothing like yours. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. How many of you know when God deals with your heart, and this is why it's so important to be surrendered, the key to the will of God is always surrender. When you surrender, he'll show you. He's not going to show you before you surrender. Because if you don't, if you don't surrender and he shows you, you'll be like, nah, I'm good. Some of us like that anyway. We know what he's saying. We know what he told us to do. Nah, I'm good, God. I still love you, but I'm just going to keep on praying. Even though he spoke, we're still going to pray. <laughs> but he, do you realize that he can direct you to do something that wasn't in your plan? Do you, do you understand that? Are y'all with me? You, you, you do understand that you could lay it all out and God says, I know you said you were going to the right and you were going to turn left and you were going to do this, but... You know what? Just stay put, and in five days, I want you to go completely to the right. Skip all that. <laughs> you know he can do that, right? Because he's God, and he knows what's best for you. Isaiah 26, 7, the way, and this is really where I want to close. The way of the righteous is smooth. You'd be like, wait a minute, pastor. My life for the past 97 years has been anything but smooth. <laughs> B, y'all, y'all, can y'all identify or just me? Or y'all can, can y'all get with that a little bit? Y'all had a smooth, smooth years, everything was okay, always smelling the roses, the sun was always out. No, life hasn't been a picnic, if we're honest. Some of us, we, I've said we've learned church, we've learned to smile, we've learned the handshake, we've learned to say I'm blessed and highly favored. We, we've learned all that, but inside we're still messed up and jacked up, can't figure it out. But he promises us something. And his word has to come to pass. And this is what he says. The way of the righteous is smooth. O upright one. And then we pray, and then we need to pray this. Oh, make the path of the righteous level. I want you to say something with me. Say it may, it, say it may not start out like I want it, but it will end like God promised. Some of y'all need to write that down. Because everything up to this point has been nothing like what you imagined what you prayed for, what you believe God for. Some of you are here today and you're like, every time I get a little encouragement, I get kicked back down. Every time I, I, I feel like things are getting better, they're getting worse. Every time I get a little joy, then somebody says something stupid and ruins it. Every time you, can you identify with that? I'm just, I'm just trying to help today and speak as, because I think sometimes the problem with man is sometimes man just needs to listen. 
And what I mean by that is you can be going through something and man is compelled to always have an answer. I always have to say something to you. But sometimes I need to be quiet and let God speak to you. You can keep playing. Um, my heart is, is just stirred because we have such a need in the body of Christ to just hear what God is saying and to follow his direction for our life. And yet, we fight it so much. And if we would just submit and surrender and say, yeah, it didn't take a long prayer. Sometimes it's just like, God, you know what? I, I tried years doing it my way. Just have your way. Jacob, if y'all need, bear with me. It's God, he, I'm talking to you and God is dealing with me. So if you need to go, I understand that. But I, uh, if you can stay, I want you to hear this. Jacob, in the Bible, he got to a point where none of his possessions, none of the things he had was worth anything to him. He was so he was so messed up that he sent all of his possessions and all of his family in two directions. And what I got from that in that story is the minute he did that, God came down and started to deal with him. I want you to think about that for a minute. He wrestled with God all night long once he got rid of all the distractions. God says, I want to deal with you. This is directly to somebody. I don't know who it is. I want to deal with you, but you are too distracted. I come nudging you. I come tapping you, but you're too distracted to hear me and invite me in. And so God allows sometimes a situation to say, you know what? I'm going to literally, and this is what Jacob was doing, pushing away the things that were distracting him so God could show up. And he showed up. And this is the, because it would be a great fairy tale if I told you God showed up and he just said, hey, Jacob, you're a wonderful person. He didn't do that. He showed up and Jacob was still in so much flesh that he wrestled with God all night long. And God allowed him to. Now, now, could God have overpowered him immediately? Yes, but he allowed him to literally wrestle himself into surrender. And that's where some of us right now, if it's just one person in here, I know, like I know I'm a black man, <laughs> that this is for somebody in here. God is, he's been dealing with you, and you've been wrestling and wrestling and wrestling, and God is allowing you literally to wrestle yourself into surrender. Today is your day to say, I know you're a good God. I know what you have for me is good. I'm laying, I'm laying it all down. Take my wants, take my desires, make them your desires. Give me your heart, your mind, your agenda. And, and, and watch, when you, when you do that from your heart, you will see God show up. He says, now I see something I could work with. All I needed you to do was quit being you. I'm not asking you to be somebody different. That's not what I'm saying, but I need you to quit doing life your way. And just say, God, is your stand up if you, if you, you can. We're going to worship. I'm going to pray. Where is... Um... Okay, he's here. All right, good. I've got a couple things I want to do, but before I do that, I want us to worship, and I want you to, to, to understand the kindness and the goodness of God with the song. I want you to sing it 
as a declaration, and then we're going to pray over some things, and I've got some people I want to pray for, and then we're going to get out of here.